We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds. He has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap. Looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with the man, little Stevie, Steve Ribeiro, on our action-packed, fully weaponized episode of Rams Talk Radio this weekend or this week. Jeez, I'm losing track of Steve, I'm losing track of time, man. <laughs> hey man. It's late. Oh, it, the it's... week's almost over. Uh it's been a busier week for you than me, probably, even though it's been a little busy for me too. Oh gosh. <laughs> um it's it, it feels like I haven't taped the podcast in a while. You know, all of a sudden you have this kid arrive and, and bam, you're off for a while. Yeah. Well that's that's how these things work. 
right. So, yeah, for, for those of you wondering, those who've been following us for a while here, just uh, our uh, my little girl, oh, Alyssa Hope, just arrived just last week. Late last week, it was a surprise. She came a month early, had some complications. She's okay now. And of course, one of the first things we did, because this is what we do around here at, at you know at Rams Talk, is we make sure all of our kids are indoctrinated into the proper traditions of becoming Rams fans. And so immediately, he is now wearing Rams gear. It's how we roll. It's- hey, I gotta I gotta say though, if my dad did that to me, I'd be a Vikings fan. So I'm happy to raise more Rams fans, but also you know it's up to you. Oh, my my kids will have their choice. I mean, I but not when right they, now, but not when they can't think about it. Then they have to be Rams fans. Pretty much, you know, it, it, we we are a totalitarian regime in the Ciapala household when it comes to the Rams football. Now, when she's old enough, and you know, when she thinks she knows all the world, then we'll see what happens. But I'm going to raise her right for now, and hopefully, in the end, she's she stays with that decision. It was really neat. My my other daughter. Sierra, we, were, we had just um, came up to me early morning yesterday. My my uh, my wife had, had gotten her up, and she saw her Rams jersey. My little daughter Sierra has a Stephen Jackson jersey, and actually wanted to put it on. She, she hadn't worn the jersey since the season ended, and then she came and woke me up. Now, mind you, we're on two hours sleeping here trying to feed this, feed your other one, and she makes me get up and makes me put on my matching jersey. <laughs> Oh man, that's great! So, like I said, my my evil plan is working. We're indoctrinating a child, so <laughs> and a great I, jersey I, to have too, Stephen Jackson. Yeah, it's a good one, Stephen Jackson. And then I had uh, James Laurinaitis jersey and the old school stuff in that color. So there you go. We're we're uh, wearing our old school. Well, I won't say old school because old school is probably Jack Youngblood, but less <laughs> than old guys that aren't on the team anymore, but we're here long enough for it to be acceptable to wear their jerseys. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, Stephen Jackson, one day I think over the over the offseason, we need to talk about their value. We haven't really talked too much on the show about Stephen Jackson and what he meant to this franchise. We really should have that conversation. Um, to me, he's probably a Hall of Famer, but he'll never get that kind of recognition yes. because of the years he played. Um, and then, of course, James Laurinaitis, who petered out towards the atmosphere at the Rams, but there was a he was a key player on a team that didn't have a whole lot of key players. And you know, so, you know, those are guys who, to me, still deserve – he's the highest he, – most tackles in Rams history, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, got to mention Chris Long, although we don't really – he's getting his success, so he he's fine. He's not like the other two. He's having yeah, his well, moment. Well, it, we, we've heard, we've said this numerous times on the show how it, you know, it really ticks me off that a lot of these players, their best years were wasted because the franchise itself was just horrible, mm-hmm. and that's that's a bummer. All right, so before we get into it, guys, and, and hey, so you, by the way, folks, thanks. I got a couple on Twitter, you know, people congratulating me. Thanks, I really appreciate that. Um, really quick before we get going here, hey, iTunes, iTunes, go on over, please. We could really use that five star review if you subscribe to podcasts on again, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, and also uh, we can hear us now on IE Beat Radio. Listen, we could really use that boost. You know, subscriptions really help us out, builds our rankings up. If you think we do a good job, if you enjoy what our takes of the Rams, or hey, disagree with us because that's what we do, right? We 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 debate this stuff. Then. You know, if you just enjoy the fact we put on a decent show, uh, we could really use 
you are helping and making us successful. We really uh, we're trying to keep the lights on. We're trying to build something wonderful to help you guys stay in touch with the Rams. Three hundred sixty-five days a year, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. All that, all that shit, isn't it? So, all right, Steve, you ready? Let's do it. Let's hit the news. Okay, preseason schedule came out here yesterday, I believe, and um, by the time you guys hear this, will probably be Friday. So, the preseason schedule is quite interesting. Our boy Norm will be out there for that schedule, I believe. In Baltimore, because the first Rams preseason game will be on August 9th against the Baltimore Ravens. And he's out in Maryland now, so he'll get to watch that game. Um, also, other games featured on this this schedule here. And, of course, as I'm saying that my computer goes crazy. You want me to read them? Yeah, go for it. We play Ravens first, August 9th. Then we play the Raiders at home and the Texans at home. Raiders first, Texans second, no set dates. And then we conclude in New Orleans with the Saints. All right. So now that we can go ahead and assume this is how things roll. The last preseason game against the Saints, we're not going to see the starters, right? No. No way. No. So the third one again was the Texans. Yeah. And second is Raiders. So that's that's two nice games to get the starters out to uh, – Two interesting teams, to say the least. The Texans, I think, might be a little better than the Raiders, but Raiders coming to town in L.A. is obviously a big deal, given their fan base in the city, and also Gruden's back. So those are two fun games to have. And also Baltimore, I, I, I'm I an RG3 fan, and I really don't know why, but I was pretty pumped he got signed. So I'll be happy to watch him play around a little bit against the Rams. You're an RG3 fan. I don't know why. I, just, I really liked him his rookie year, and... I think he got he got it a little unfair during a couple of years, and part of the fallout with Washington was on him. But I, it was kind of crazy to me that he wasn't in the league at all last year. He's I think he could be a fine backup starter. I, probably not anymore. I think he could have been if he was handled right earlier. But I don't know. I, also, we <laughs> we really need to talk about three. But I I would take him as a backup if if I was running a team. Well, you never really know in terms of, hey, you get him healthy, you get him in a position where he can learn the game, which hopefully he's been doing that in his time off, then maybe you have a second shot at doing this, I mean, just to say. But I really want to divert here to the Raiders game. I want to make a plea to our fan base, the Rams fan base, the quote-unquote Ramley. Listen, folks, for years... And Steve, I know you can. I know you can back me up on this because you heard it all the time. Especially when the, the 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 word was out there, the rumors began about the Rams moving back to L.A. That it's a Raiders town. It's not a Rams town. It's a Raiders town. The Raiders own the market, so on and so forth. That's what we always heard. Okay. Now, for the longest time, there was this really big Facebook group called "Bring Back the L.A. Rams" that was. Huge, still is huge. They're not, they're not going to brought back the LA Rams. Over sixty thousand fans on that thing, and it kind of proved the narrative wrong that there weren't Rams fans in Southern California. But yet, to this day, we see this stigma: Raiders fans. There's a Raiders town. The Raiders played at at the Chargers, at the StubHub Center earlier this year, and their fans were more in number. Folks, come out to this game. Preseason or not, get out there and don't sell your tickets to Raiders fans. If you are a Rams fan, show up for this game. Show your this is a Rams town. Show them this. Don't don't allow the narrative for 
the city of Los Angeles to be it's still a Raiders town. It's a perfect opportunity for the Rams nation, the Ramily, to go out there and show who really runs the NFL in this town. I'm just saying, prove the national media and some local media, by the way, wrong about the Rams. I just want to throw it out there, Steve. Give your take, please. But it's kind of garbage that even though this Rams team had a much bigger history than the the Raiders did in L.A., they used to pack the Coliseum, 100,000 people strong in the 50s and 60s, you know, early 70s, back before they they changed the the capacity of the stadium and so on and so forth. Despite poor sight lines, despite some really bad Rams football teams, you're packing the stadium up, and yet it's not a Rams town. Yeah, this is going to be the most overblown attendance viewing of the entire NFL season because I'm with you. I, Rams fans, you got to get to this game if you can. It's preseason. Sure, it's not going to really break the bank in terms of that, but it's also preseason. So, like, if there's a lot of Raider fans there, so be it. It's preseason, but I would like to see the Rams there a lot because the Raiders, they do have this fan base in L.A., and the Rams, you're right. They have a much much bigger history, but the Ra- the Raiders, they had a brand that lasted a little longer. Even when they were bad, you kind of still felt like they were they had their brand. Whereas the Rams, when they were bad, they were just forgettable, uh, thousands of miles away. So I, I understand why why this whole narrative is happening. But I I'd, I'd like to see the Rams fill out that game. It's preseason. You don't have to stay for the whole thing, but get there and help us out. Show us. Show them who runs LA. And, you know, of course, we have members of our own staff who are out in the area. We're going to do the best we can to uh, encourage them to make magic happen. Johnny, <clears throat> Johnny, go to the game. Johnny, if you're listening to the show tonight, go to the game. I'm sure I'll be there. Uh, well, the it's question will. So well, well, because it's preseason special. The question isn't whether or not he'll be there. The question is, is whether or not he'll be, be there and be sober. Yeah. <laughs> Well, just... okay, it's preseason, so the answer should be no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, will you, will you be sober? Check or not check? <laughs> I don't pre-season. know. I don't know. Okay. Also, in the news, by the way, and, and by the way, that preseason schedule. You know, it it, it is um, it's not a bad schedule. I would have liked to have seen uh, the Rams play the Cowboys again. I always love those preseason Cowboys games, but I'm partial because I really, you know, we were. Jerry Jones, the role he played in getting that team back to L.A. means something. So just wanted to point that there as well. Yeah. I always like playing the Cowboys. It would be nice. And we Especially play the Raiders the... during the season, it says, right? Oh, yeah, we do, yeah. Weird. So I'm not sure why they will – I've always wondered why they schedule teams to play teams are going to play again. It makes no sense. And if they, um, if they were going to do that, why wouldn't we just get the Chargers? Yeah, why not? You get yeah, the you're trying you're to build right this whole crosstown rivalry thing, so I I kind of wonder about that. I really do. In other news, Steve, by the way, in other news, it, it's been reported now. Multiple sources here. I guess it's ending here. The color rush game. Dun dun dun. Bill Wanger of Fox Sports, among many, who re- reported yesterday that was it two days ago now. Or, or, or catch up on the news, guys. It, it was this week. week. It was this, this week. week. Yeah, this is week. Okay, that 
the color rush game, the alternate uniforms are going away. Quote unquote, hardcore fans don't need gimmicks to watch. That was quoting Bill Wenger. The game's schedule also be stronger. Apparently, do you agree or disagree? I'm somewhere in between because I love alternate jerseys. Don't get, I love them. I love that each NBA team this year had four jerseys. I thought that was really cool, but the difference was they weren't all the same. And another thing I hate is when teams, when one team doesn't wear white, it, it infuriates me unless you're going to wear a light yellow or a gray. When team, one team's wearing red and one team's wearing blue, it, it is one of my biggest pet peeves that I have. It, bothers me to know when and I know they cut back on that this year because people who were colorblind couldn't see the games so it I hope they replace it and I hope they let teams either maybe wear throwbacks for the Thursday night game maybe get a new alternate jersey but the color rush jerseys most of them weren't great I do love the Rams so I love that bright yellow I think it looks cool once a year it's not something you want to do every week but if it's just the end of alternate jerseys, that'll make me sad. If it's the end of just the color rush, and but they replace it with teams getting to play around with their new jerseys, it's fine. And you got Nike on board. Let them let them have some fun instead of just having to go with the kind of the same style for every team. Well, my my feeling on it is a little bit uh, kind of sad, actually. You know, there are very the league is always trying to innovate something, trying to change something up, and. Quite frankly, I like the color rush jerseys. I really enjoy seeing what colors are going to put out there. I thought some looked ridiculous. I thought the, uh, you know, I, I for, okay, maybe it's because it's the sea chickens. The whole neon green thing to me, okay, you know, you look like you can't do it on television, the slime that comes down. Like, I get that. I, I'm not a big fan of that. The ram is mustard, basically. The mustard, the hot dog. I love remember? it, bro. I think it's a good one. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the, the Tampa Bay game? Okay. The first time they wore the color rush uniforms, so they called them ketchup and mustard. Yeah, I do. That was <laughs> okay. a fun game, though. That yeah, that was a fun game. If I'm wrong, but that might be the definitive Tavon Austin game. It might be. It, <laughs> it might be. be. Okay, that and I think that one Colts game too. Yeah, oh, um, the Colts game. Okay, you're right. So it's those yeah. two. Yeah, so well, here, but here's the thing. We 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 had a a lot of fun with that the ketchup and mustard thing. But you were and you were just making the point on well, I hate that some teams don't wear white. But in that game, with the contrast being the the yellow, the the flashy yellow, the mustard, and the the red for the Tampa Bay, that actually looked pretty good. Yeah, that and it one was, worked. I agree. Yeah, and I real I really like that jersey. I also think it could be it could be an alternate jersey. Really, what they should do is they should add the blue pants, the L.A. Rams blue pants to the yellow shirt. Um. Add blue pants to. I think that will look, you know, a lot snazzier than yellow to yellow. Ah, Correct me if I, I'm I, wrong. I, I like the yellow to yellow. I think, uh, I think a yellow top with any different color on the bottom would look weird. Um, I disagree because if you're using the traditional throwback blue, the Rams have always had for the bottoms, then it works. Yeah, especially with could. with the stripe down the side. But I, I don't. I don't like this. I don't like them getting rid of the color rush uniform. I think that it gives teams a chance to to really well one is good marketing. Go out there and buy another jersey. How many of us tried to go buy a color rush jersey last year? I know I did. I've got a Jared Goff one. There you go. Okay, so it's good marketing. Also, it's freaking cool. It's freaking yeah. cool. Hey, side note: Can I? This people will enjoy this. I bought my Jared Goff color rush jersey. The day after 
the Rams lost 28 to nothing against the 49ers opening night because I was sad and I wanted to make myself feel better because he hadn't played yet. Oh my God. I was like, he's coming. <laughs> we'll be okay. And we were. Of all the games, of all the games you picked to go buy your color rush jersey. I was sad. I wanted hope. Well, that's back when I was on my personal, I'm not buying anything Rams until they fired Jeff Fisher. <laughs> it's probably a smart move. And I, I didn't. I didn't buy anything Rams again until they fired Jeff Fisher. I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't. I mean, it, it just it was my own personal vendetta. Don't yeah. do it. Not going to do it. So I got to go, you know, I got to go with I, I don't like this. I, You know, the, the NFL, they do a lot of good things. They make some bad calls. We, and we've debated some of those things in the show before. The color restorations to me were cool. And you got to keep doing things that are cool. They're fun. But we, how how often do we see the National Football League getting called the No Fun League? All the time. And Look, the, compared to the NBA, I think it's – and maybe not a better – sport-wise, you have your take because I, I, football is awesome. But just as a league, I think the NBA is way more fun than the NFL because they let, they let their players – be themselves and they put out all these alternate jerseys they do a lot of gimmicks granted they have a lot more games to do it but i think really what set the color rush apart even though some of the jerseys were dumb was it was something different and i think you got to replace it with something else and let teams get a little funky on color rush i think instead of color rush you're going to get rid of it let teams just come up with their own alternate jerseys let nike maybe do something but you got to do something because it, it was fun well, I want to back it up too. Let's let's also take this to the grander scope because, and this goes, all right, folks. Just, just let's just go ahead and give the disclaimer now. Yes, we're going back to the uniform issue. Please do not turn off the podcast. Okay, all right. We've had this debate in there. We're not going to beat this, you know, this horse even more dead than it already is. But the NFL now, for the longest time, restricts you. You can only change your uniforms, you know, once every what is it? Five years? It was something okay. like that, yeah. Okay, you can only wear a, a a throwback for two games in the year. Okay, we never, I don't think, when was the last time we ever saw a road game throwback? We've never seen the Rams wear a road game throwback. Have we? Mm, I don't no. believe so. No, we haven't seen those uniforms, those throwback uniforms, since they were actually in L.A. the first time. Yeah, and you could do I, something cool with that, like a Rams yeah. 49ers game, both wearing throwbacks would be cool. That'd be it's, a cool you know, thing to see. And well, we we did see that basically with the uh, with the December 31st game, but yeah, you have, let both teams, yeah, let both teams wear them in San Francisco, where the Rams will actually wear their road Rams uniforms from the 1980s, 1970s. Yeah, that's cool. But overall, the idea that this is the no fun league—they're so restricted on players. They're all, but then they're so restricted on even when it comes down to uniforms. You gotta fix. We can fix that stuff, man. Yeah. Why does it need? To, why does it need to be anything? More have fun. Have fun. The NFL had a had a rough year with the with the protests and all kinds of other controversies. You know the. You can go back couple years to domestic abuse charges for people so on and so forth you know bring back what's fun about the game the foot that the product is great itself and then allow these players to have fun let the uniforms but they are and you know it'll a it'll make you money yeah it prints money you you kind of touched on that earlier 
the more jerseys you have, the more money you're going to make because the more people will want to buy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying you go out there and have 84,000 jerseys. That's going to tick people off at some point. No, of course not. But, but some people do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. But, you okay, well, let's just say you have your your home away, your throwback, and your color rush. That's four right there. You just mentioned the NBA having four. Well, there's four right there. Yeah. And by the way, don't don't restrict these these teams from well, let them wear whatever the freaking heck they want to wear. Why why can they only wear a throwback twice a year? But just don't let the colors contrast is is my stance because the NBA started doing that this year too, and it, it, it bothers me so much. But yeah, you shouldn't restrict them to wearing any jersey a certain amount of time. And I think if you introduce if you're getting rid of color rush, if you introduce alternates, maybe a team comes up with something they like, and down the line they make that their full thing. I think that's cool in college too. Like Oregon has like 90,000 different combinations of jerseys. So every time you put on an Oregon game, they're, they're doing something cool. They're doing something different. So I think it's, it's more reason to tune into a team you might not tune into. Well, uh, this is where we're going to disagree. <laughs> Oregon does it so much that it's just overkill, man. They do it a little too much. Yeah. But a little, it's... a little, <laughs> I'm not saying that hardcore, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah, they switch well, yeah. it up. Give these teams some freedom yeah. to to make make this game fun. Even the little things, make it fun. It's not always the NFL stance has been, well, it's the proc in the field that's what makes it fun. Well, yeah, yeah, but remember, this is the entertainment. It's an entertainment industry now, and you need to entertain. And sometimes when your team is one in fifteen, you're not entertaining. So you better find some other outlets and just, you know. The Rams right now, and we're going to talk about this in, I think, the next show, but they're they're becoming this destination team, and you want to be able to be appealing, and you you use it. You have all these stars coming here, sign with this team. This is the great time right now to be that appealing team that can sell your jerseys to put your uh, your brand on the map. This is why the Rams have been going to London every year, right? To, to put their brand on the map, make it a worldwide thing. This is why we've had to deal with one less home game every year. You want your brand out there for the world to see. And then what? You restrict it because you, you, you restrict that brand by uh, limiting uniforms and so on and so forth. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. It's The more alternate jerseys, the better. And don't go Oregon on us, but... You know, you have a couple. You maybe switch it up two or three times a year. It's nice. I I like that. You'll sell jerseys. You definitely sell, sell jerseys. And people get excited about these things, man. We, we How many times we have the uniform debate in this show? <laughs> Too much. I mean, well, it's I not mean, really a debate. It's just a, a thrashing more than a debate. Well, thrashing about, come on, come on, Nike. Come on, Rams. Let's get this uniform thing happening. Come on. <laughs> Although uh, I am the sole defender of the current colors. Well, not the – okay. The one before switching to the white helmets. It's not. What do you mean? I I kind of like the the navy and gold. The old the old St. Louis colors. Yeah, I'm not opposed to going back to the old colors. I think it would be smart, giving the new situation. But maybe it's because I grew up on them. But I like those colors. I mean, they're not bad. They're not bad. And and quite frankly, the the old L.A. colors. You're not going. How many people actually going to wear that color scheme out in public? besides Anthony involving the Rams themselves. I mean, it's not the world's greatest style or anything, but it's a legacy uniform. They've had that that color scheme going back to the 40s, 50s, 60s. And, and you know, I make this argument before, 
like the Packers, you know that color scheme, that uniform has generally been the same. The Steelers, their, their color scheme has generally been the same. The way they've done their uniforms has generally been the same. That's a legacy uniform. And that uniform, all the way through Super Bowl 34, that uniform become a legacy uniform for the Rams. And that's why so many people want that color scheme back. And I, I see the argument that some people like that, that clean white and blue, that white and dark blue they've been putting the helmets and then the logo now. It looks like we're going to that. It looks like the plan is the Rams are going to do the white and the blue. They just got to go this... all in on it, though. That's What it looks like now is just some weird monstrosity. Well, Once they yeah, go they, all in, yeah. I think we'll have a, a clear picture of what it really looks like. And, and we'll, hopefully they can do that. I mean, most of us, though, the old schoolers like me want the old school colors back. The, and some a lot of other people are more open to the white and the blue. All right, before we move on, and this is – I'm sorry. We, we had to deviate a little bit because, well, we just did, okay? We'll, we'll be all right. It's a com- we'll get, It's a podcast. It's a conversation. Oh, we'll get it's back. It's a living, to, breathing thing. We'll get back to football, actual football issue here in a second. The Golden Ram Barbershop, let's go ahead and segue to them. Speaking of old school, speaking of the old school colors, if you want to see some old school colors, go to this man's barbershop, Sal Martinez, at the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Go in this place, man. The Steve, I you need a haircut, Ed. Come on, man. <laughs> I do. You make the trip to California. Go in this shop. Um it's a great experience, folks. If you want the old school barbershop experience where you can go in there and talk football, talk sports, especially Rams football, Sal's the guy. Sal's the man, okay? 714-894-7267. Call make an appointment with him. Use the promo code Rams Talk. Get a little bit of a discount there. He also knows that we sent you, by the way. Hint, hint. Mm-hmm. Okay. So his store is wall-to-wall Rams. He's got posters, jerseys, helmets, news clippings, everything Rams. And this guy it actually built this store from the ground up, opened it the day the Rams left for St. Louis, kept the light on there, and there you go. All right, he's still there, still running it. Go check it out. The Sal, Sal Martinez's Golden Ram Barbershop the one, at 13755 Golden West Street, Westminster, California, 92683, 714-894-7267, Again, that's 714-894-7267, which is Rams. Call and make that appointment. All right. So a couple – there's something that's bothering me, Steve. And it, 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 we're, this is a few days old. It's been kind of stupid with me. We, I haven't been on the show to really cover it. I kind of saved it until I come back on the show because it, it really is bothering me. Um, but Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. Let's hear it. Okay, well, hold on. Well, hold on, I gotta back this up because before we forget, Ethan Westbrooks, by the way, gets one day in jail, three years probation for his weapons misdemeanor. Pleaded no contest for that. Um, I kind of expected that. It didn't seem like a big deal at the time. The story didn't seem like a big deal at the time. So let's get that out of the way. Ethan Westbrooks again, one day in jail, uh, three days, uh, three years probation, misdemeanor weapons charge, is what it is. He's still on the team, right? Yeah, he resigned. All right, so well, that's that's all we need to know. If- yeah, he's this still back. This came in. out months ago. If if they still if they're keeping him on the roster, they're I don't think they're going to do anything about it. It, well, it, it is was, what it is. It was never really all that big of a deal. It's you know if you read the news articles on it, it was it was more along the lines of okay you know eh, nothing really too. It was it, what it sounded like honestly was it was a mistake. It was just one of those weird things that happened that, and they're not going to crucify him for it. 
I mean, if he if he pleaded guilty to these charges, it would be kind of a big. Well, there's no contest. So yeah, so I'm not gonna. He he did. He got out of court, so I'm not gonna. You know, judge him on things that he didn't get. Um, sentenced for. Yeah. So that there we go. That that's the Ethan Westbrook's thing. What I really want to get to was Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn, a seven-year veteran, the Rams drafted him in 2011. He uh, had some really great years with us. I had the pleasure of interviewing him after his rookie year. It was a really neat experience to talk with him. He's a really down-to-earth guy, really nice guy. Later on, uh, when I was when I was contributing to Yahoo Sports, I also uh, did an article covering his DUI, and I'm going to mention that today for a reason, uh, and we'll get to that here in a second. But so as I'm, as we're talking about this and I'm going to be a little critical here, I want to say, I want to go ahead and lay this out there that he's a good guy. He is actually a good guy and that he, you know, I, I don't mean any of this personally. I'm doing, you know, a little bit of commentary, a little bit of journalism here in respect to, I got to put those personal feelings aside and call him out a little bit on his, on his parting shot. he took in the Rams. Okay. So this is what we're quoting him, Steve. He was quoted in the Miami Sun Sentinel. He said, honestly, you don't know, sorry, you don't realize, we will fix that quote, you don't realize you're suffocating until you can't breathe anymore. So honestly, I can't, I'm glad I can have a new breath of fresh air down here in Miami. When asked uh, what he meant, Gwen, he grew up in uh, South Carolina, he says, well, how about this? I'm not a West Coast guy. I'll just put this that way. Now, that's not that big of a deal. Okay, we'll talk about stuff King here in a minute. But um, he's also critical about the move to, to the 3-4. He goes, I don't know if you've ever watched the Olympics, but I've never seen one of the sprinters run from a two-point stand. All right. Okay. Yeah. Let me find the other quote, the big one. The big one. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. There's the magic. This is the – it's like this. This is the first time I've ever been traded, he said. You commit yourself to someone, and basically you have a family member turn their back on you, and you realize who appreciates you around here, and you commit yourself to them. I've got a new family now here in Miami, and that's all I'm concerned about. Go, Steve. <laughs> you go. You sound like you've got some things to say. Well, I'm, I kind of want to get your thoughts out there first because – when I go, I'm going to go. <laughs> well, I, relationships sour, okay? And Quinn, he was a Fisher guy. He was a St. Louis guy. So when both of those things are taken from him, I'm, you know, he's probably going to react to the situation not great. And with this quote, I, I know you're going to rail on it, but it is something that in sport, sports is a business. And... Players and front offices do need to look at it that. But you, he was here for seven years, and you build an attachment to somebody. And by all accounts, it doesn't seem like they try to restructure him. And, you know, if getting traded, it's probably not not the best. I, I can imagine why you'd be upset about it. When you give it your all to a team, it, it probably sucks to get traded. And, you know, he's going to be fine. He's moving to Miami. Not going to have those taxes anymore. It's going to be in a good situation for him getting out of the 3-4. I mean, <laughs> I, I like Robert Quinn. I mean, it, it wasn't the best choice of words, but 
I get why a lot of athletes, especially that really gave their heart and soul to a team, get upset when they get traded. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. Listen, I, I, I wanna, I'm going to go through this bit by bit, okay? <sighs> Here we go. How about this? I'm not a West Coast guy. I'll put just, I'll just put it that way. Honestly, don't realize you're suffocating until you can't breathe anymore. So I'm honestly, I'm glad I can't have a new breath of fresh air down here in Miami. What do you mean you're suffocating? Dude, are you serious? You just were part of a team that went 11 and five went to the playoffs. You got eight and a half snacks, sacks, not snacks. I wish I had snacks. Um, what are you talking about? I'm not a West Coast guy. I get that. Fine. You're not a West Coast guy, but suffocating? Are you serious? The team wasn't 1 and 15 last year. They weren't 2 and 14 last year. They're 11 and 5. They finally made the playoffs. After all these years of being here, they make the freaking playoffs. And you are telling me I this new breath of fresh air? What new breath of fresh air? This Rams team is three times better than the team in Miami. Are you serious? New breath of fresh air. I, I that's that's take number one. Okay, take number two. I don't know if you've ever watched the Olympics, he said, but I've never seen one of the sprinters run from two-point stands. Okay, you've made it clear you like the 4-3 better. I get that. I've always argued you're, you're a 4-3 guy. But tell me this. How these edge rushers in the NFL, the ones who are 3-4 guys, how do they do? You, the good ones. How do they usually do? Steve, how do they do? They do good. Exactly. It's kind of not a smart comment in my view to make. Okay, finally, this, this is what ticks me off. And this is this is what really kind of gets me. Again, you said this. It's like this: the first time I've been traded, you commit yourself to someone, and you basically have a family member turn their back on you, and you realize who appreciates you around here, and who, you, and you commit yourself to them. I've got a new family now here in Miami, and that's all I'm concerned about. Point number one: the Rams took him in the first round of the draft, despite knowing the guy had a brain tumor in his head at one point. They took a risk on him. They paid him first round money. They did that. Other teams could have passed. Other teams did pass on him. They could have passed on. Him. They went and got him. Okay, number two, the guy got a DUI very early in his career at the Rams. The Rams stuck by his side. They supported him. They did not judge him. Okay, he remained part of that team, part of that family. And guess what? He performed up to par, and they pay him a ginormous contract, a huge contract. One, he's made millions of dollars off of, even though for the last how many couple of years now he's been injured over and over again, had a, a major lack of durability. Then when they go to 3-4, he struggles to move to 3-4. They stuck by him through all of this, through seven years of this. He put great years together. He's a major person. I love the guy when he's on. But let's not let's not forget that this team also stuck by him for seven years when he had his issues. They took a leap of faith on him to begin with him when they drafted him. How many teams are going to pass on him? Despite they, they a, a clean bill of health doesn't matter for many teams when it involves something with your head, especially for the first round. They, they went they went for him anyways. They believed in him and they went and got him. They stuck by him through the DUI. They stuck by him, you know, for seven years, even though the last couple have been injury filled. They paid him tons and tons and tons of money. And now you're you feel like your family members turned their back on you. Seven years, man. And the only reason why they're trading him is just is not him personally. It's the fact you've now moved to a three-four system where you're not as good a fit. 
So they're going to send you to a team where you are a fit, A. Then they could have sent him to Cleveland. They could have sent him somewhere else. No offense, Cleveland, by the way. They could have sent him a cold weather school, a cold weather team. So Cleveland has money. He played for Greg Williams before. It's a fit. They could try to send him there. They send him to Miami. There, I'm done. Rant over. Well, first of all, it needs to be said, because I noticed you said this. You mentioned the injury history. He signed his extension in 2014. He'd missed one game up to that point. So they paid they paid a healthy Robert Quinn. It's not like he was hurt and they were like, we're still going to throw you this money. They paid him while he was healthy. And so just to, to kind of follow up on that, I think his comments contradict themselves because he said he wasn't a fit for 3-4. And if it was just that, then I don't think there would be any reason to be mad. But I get why you would be upset by the the traded comment. But, I I mean, it's it's a business, and this was a clearly a business decision. But so I, Robert Quinn is a very well-spoken dude, and he seems like he when he says things, he, he thinks about them before he says them. And so I, it seems like there could be something deeper here than this because he doesn't seem like a guy to just bash the Rams on his way out more than just saying it the the 3-4 stuff which I totally get but he let you said 7 years i mean if i got traded from somewhere after 7 years i wouldn't be thrilled about it and i i do wonder if they even tried to restructure him or not well i mean they may may not have but i think that's what it, that's really what he's missing i think the fact that this is a business decision you know it these players, they leave the team. They leave teams. Okay, the free agent, free agent comes around. Sammy Watkins is a great example of that. He chose to leave for the Chiefs. He chose to chase the money. The Rams wanted to keep him. He, we come to find out later on that he wasn't as happy as he made it sound. You know, in terms of his his targets. Okay, so he he left. He made the call to leave. Should the Rams be all upset that he turned? his back on them or let's let's make it an even better argument. Let's find another player who left who's left the team after more years. They do this all the time. So at some point, both the player and the team, it needs to be understood. Listen, this is a business. We'll always consider you a Ram. You gave seven great years here. You had your injuries. And I, I understand you're saying they gave him this long-term contract in 2014. They are paying a healthy Robert Quinn. I get that, but it's not like they, didn't try and get out of it for the next four years when he did struggle. They stuck by him during those four years. Yeah, but you, do you think when when players leave, fans normally get furious about it? Like when LeBron left Cleveland, they it was the end of the world. But then, then the next year, you see like star players get traded to teams they they didn't even think about going to. It, it is a business on both sides, but I think players have a right when they they give it to the team like. You know, Isaiah Thomas on the Celtics after all he went through just got shipped away a month before the season start and it it cost him a lot of money and he was under this isn't the same thing at all to just put that out there but you you have every right to be upset when a team that you really thought was your family trades you and I think it may I feel like the relationship with Quinn and the Rams had soured and I think that's why I'm kind of surprised that him being mad about the trade more than that, but 
I I get why he'd be mad. It's this was a long time of his life he helped build this thing, and now they shipped him away as it's getting going. But also, I understand why he got traded, and it's a business decision, and it was pro- probably the right move, even though I'm still kind of upset by it. But it, I I think I can understand both sides, and I can see why he's upset. But I'm sure he also deep down gets it. I, I'm sure he does, and this is again, this is not like this personal attack with him. It just bothers me. This is the way he chose to go. You know, again, they stuck by him for an awful long time through several things, and I mean, again, they, they're the team that took the risk on him to begin with. They're the team that trusted the medical report, so they're the team that you know said, you know what, we're going to believe him, we're going to believe in his, we're going to believe in what he's going to be, and we're going to take him. So there you go. All right. So moving on, we got a couple mailbag questions here. And uh, one from Justin Orosik. He wants some quarterback talk. He's saying every NFL, sorry, NFC West gunslinger will be lethal this year. I'm expecting vast improvement in golf for more one on one time with the day. Uh, well, really quick, I wouldn't say every NFC West gunslinger will be lethal this year. We don't know if Sam Bradford will be able to, you know, make it in the field without having to go in the ambulance somewhere. Uh, so leave Sam uh, alone. I, I don't mean it in a mean way, uh, but. Unfortunately, his injury history is. We we. We've had this conversation before. Sam's a a good guy, but let's be honest. Can come on. Is he? Can he stay healthy? Is a major question. Okay, can he stay healthy? The rest of the quarterbacks, Russell Wilson. We know he'll do what he'll do. We know that Garoppolo has some weapons up there in in the Forty Nine. Let's focus on our guy Goff. What do you expect in terms of improvement from Goff this year? Well, I think it's just he had a lot of rookie mistakes. I guess rookie mistakes, even though it wasn't his rookie year last year, you could tell that he, you know, he really got more comfortable as it went on. But then there were, you know, there was times where there was things left to be desired. So I just think it's really all the tools are there. And I think it's just about kind of sharpening the knives in the set and just really just getting more complete, missing receivers a little less. I think um, the big guy he missed last year was Sammy, who he missed quite a lot. So I think, you know, Get on the same page as Cooks early, get get that down quick, and you know I think he showed a lot last year. I think it's really about just continuing to improve at everything he does because he was good at a lot of things, but you know there wasn't anything that you were like this. He has an elite skill in this category yet. I don't I don't think he does yet, but I think he's getting there in a lot of categories. Well, we saw a lot of improvement from him, turn especially in his terms of his pocket presence, his movement under pressure. Um, I think his next area of growth has to be moving beyond his first and second reads into his third read. That's where really where we saw issues with him in terms of deep threats with, with St. Watkins. And of course, there were going to be some miscommunication issues out there as well. But getting beyond that first and second read for any young quarterback is a must happen. Yeah. And if he can do that, he's, he's going to be better. But another thing we need to remember here, this this offensive line stayed healthy last year. All five starters stayed healthy. We can't necessarily count on that again. We can't. Yeah. You hear the All ice right. truck again? Yeah. By the way, folks, in case you're listening, yes, that is an ice cream truck in the background. Steve has no way of getting away from the ice cream truck. Beautiful Queens, New York, baby. Queens, New York. There you go. All right. From Austin who is one expected, unexpected player on each side of the ball you really see shining this year? Well, 
I'll let you go first. I think on defense, me and Johnny touched on this a little bit in our offseason grades podcast. If you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to it. It's on the feed. I think Dominique Easley could step into a nice fourth man in the defensive line rotation, given that he's going to have like literally no pressure on him at all when always he's going to be going out there when Donald or Brockers or Sue needs a break. And I think just given those limited touches, that's that's a dangerous dude coming in as the backup defensive lineman. So that's a guy I think I like on the defensive end to kind of surprise little people and remind them that he was a former first-round pick. And even if he hasn't really lived up to the full hype, there's a reason he was picked that high. On offense, I... It's... I don't know. I don't really expect any huge surprises here. I think Gerald Everett will surprise a lot of people, but I think growth is expected from him. That would be the guy I would have to take if I had one because I think, you know, I really think that Cooks, Woods, Cup, and Gurley are going to dominate touches on offense. Here we go. This is the hot take of the week. (laughs) Let's hear it. (laughs) On offense. Here we go. I'm going to go Tavon Austin. I thought about it, but I I tried to say it out loud, and my mouth just didn't – the words didn't come out because it knew that it, they shouldn't have. Uh, I'm going to go Tavon Austin, barring them moving him now that, that you know, they have a... – <laughs> I can't move him going here. Listen, okay. Um, for Tavon Austin, nobody here can argue the guy has the tools. It's really always been about putting together. And getting out of his own head. You and I can both agree it's been it's all been in his head really for since for a couple of years now. Am I wrong? Am I, I wrong? Some of it's in his head. I it's... I think a lot of it's in his head, especially in terms and of course Norm was you know Norm pointed out a couple of weeks ago here you know, him not making the move up field trying to get more yards instead of just going down, uh, making male mistakes with the football and kick returns and punt returns. That's why Farrell Cooper took over the job. But give him an offseason with Sean McVay in that offense. I'm not saying he'll go out there and put together this Pro Bowl season. This is not that kind of offense, especially when you have other people who need to eat. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and now Brandon Cooks. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, Gerald Everett and you know the rest of the receiving core. But I can see him actually being a key part of this offense this year and actually producing in a way he hasn't produced in a long time. So there you go. Okay, defensively, defensively, Samson Ebicom. I believe that the the reason why the Rams have felt comfortable not really addressing the linebacker core yet as much as we think they should have, I think they believe in him. I think they've seen something in, in him. Uh, we saw a few touches, a few flashes of what he can be when he played last year. I believe that... They have faith in him. I believe that uh, I'm going to trust in, again, Norm, who's who's seen him play so much. I'm going to go there and say Abicom will be a guy who will do very well this year in that offense. Sorry, defense. In the defense. I agree with you on Abicom. Let me rebuttal the Tavon Austin point, and I hope you're right. But you mentioned he you think he'll do well given that he'll have a full offseason with Sean McVay. Where was he last year? Injured. He, just not, he, he had surgery. He's there. But he had there's there's a difference yeah, between no, playing. Right. Okay, I, I forgot about that. 
you know, you had surgery, missed part of training and the hamstring injury. You can learn the playbook, but there's a difference between learning the playbook and actually being on the field and playing it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't I, – I forgot about that. I guess my thing on Tavon would be is I still think that he's unbelievable in the open field. I think when he gets in the open field, he's fantastic. The problem is he he struggles to get there, and it's tough to get him the ball on certain offensive sets because he's not a great route runner, and I guess he wasn't drafted to be a great route runner, but – He's just he struggled to find the space that he needs to really thrive, but it, all things are possible. I trust Mc, McBay to do whatever anything at this point. So you, you said McBay, McBay, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be stunned. I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be stunned. Tell us how you really feel about McBay. <laughs> McBay, he's the best. Okay, all right, guys, that is an action-packed show for us. Uh, hey, if you thought that we couldn't come up with a bunch of stuff for a show during the offseason when we've pretty much done everything we can for agency, ha, you're wrong. But in the meantime, all seriousness, hey, check us out. Check our website at ramstalk.net. Uh, we continue to put content up there. We're a little slow with it. So, hey, if you want to write for us, interested in getting on the writing train, email us at ramstalk1945. Give us a blurb, you know, a little bit of a resume. Also, follow us on Twitter at TalkRams. You can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Rams talk. Follow Steve personally. Steve, your Twitter, please go. Steve Ribeiro. That's S-T-E-V-E-R-E-B-E-I-R-O. And I'm sure you can find me tagged on the Talk Rams page. Yeah, we do that from time to time when we feel like it. Once in a while. Also, me, DC Apollo, at DC Apollo and Twitter. Um, you can also, I guess, maybe find me on Facebook if you feel like it. I, I, do, should we accept Facebook requests from people we don't know? I mean, I probably would say no because I wouldn't have any mutual friends, but you can. if you, I get them randomly. from. Don't you ever get them from time to time? I, I do. I Just normally from, don't accept them. From Rams fans? You, oh, you, I don't you, get them from Rams fans. I do. Well, you, you're more active on your Facebook page in that regard. I Nobody on my personal Facebook feed really cares about the Rams at all. So I uh, I save my takes for Twitter usually and the Rams groups. Oh, oh Lordy. I'm all up in like 40 of those things too. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. You, you've listened to us rant and rant some more, and we're going to go ahead and sign off now for Steve Ribeiro, little Stevie, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> this, is, this is Eric C. Paula. We'll see you in a couple of days. Peace out. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% .9 of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.